And welcome back. Let's see if this one gets me in trouble. Honestly, I might be touching a bit of a sacred cow in this episode, maybe even pushing it over, knocking over the sacred cow. So, welcome. Thank you for listening. This is Ambushed, and I am John. I was trained as a pastor, and I'm trying to find creative ways to use my education and try to make something meaningful or at least thought-provoking and put it out there into the world. This one could potentially be a roller coaster in a good or a bad way, so we'll see. Because uh, this one is called, Is Bible Alone Too Far? And there's background to this too, but I need to tell you, I did not prepare this very well. I'm literally going to go off of a bare bones outline that I literally just scribbled three minutes ago. Usually, I take a couple days or even a few weeks and I write out full paragraphs and then I organize the paragraphs. I try to like have an organizing principle about the direction, but this time I didn't do that. Because the idea seized me. I was like, this could be a fun one just to try and see what happens. So here we go. This one is called, Is Bible Alone Too Far? And uh, I have to say, I'm a little excited about it as well. Because this kind of broke into some new ground. And I think I was finally able to verbalize for myself things that I've been thinking or feeling towards for quite a long time. So if that interests you, then thank you for listening. Let's see what happens. Uh, This, again, could be a train wreck, but at least it'll be glorious. And let's see if I get some feedback on this one, because like I said, it's going to be touching a sacred cow. Now, in order to do that, I have to do a little bit of history, okay? In the 1500s, in the year 1517, Martin Luther, an Augustinian monk in Germany, completely challenged the status quo of the church of his day by posting 95 theses on a Wittenberg door. And, by the way, that's the name of a town, Wittenberg, in Deutsch. Spoken of in... That's how you pronounce it in German. Anyways, Wittenberg. And... He saw a lot of issues happening. Now, there were some legitimate issues that were happening. And in fact, not only on the reformer side, but on the counter-reformer side, on the Catholic side, there were also people that said, yeah, we got to update and change and, and make some adjustments. So on both sides, they realized that there was a need for uh, changing things up now. In the midst of all of that, the Protestant Reformation kicked off. And along the way, it came up with five solas. Now, the solas are guiding principles of Protestantism. So let me look them up just because I want to make sure I got the the statements correct in in Latin. Because why not? We have... Sola Scriptura, which means Bible alone. Sola Fide, faith alone. Sola Gratia, meaning grace alone. Sola Christus, Christ alone. And Soli Deo Gloria, so glory to God alone. 
This one is going to be about the first one, Sola Scriptura, which in the title I called this is Bible Alone Too Far. Because I think it may be too extreme. So at the time of the Protestant Reformation, there was so much built up and backed up, not really tradition, but conventions holding back legitimate expression of Christian faith or growth or whatever you want to say. I don't want to say it was all tradition that was bad. That's why I use the word conventions. Now, I got to stop saying now. I say now too often. I'm going to try not to do it again. Sola Scriptura was a good and well-intentioned idea. However, I wonder whether or not, like I said, it it has gone too far. And in fact, I think I need to say it, right? I wrote down just a few things. It was good because it said we need to go back to the primary sources. People were maybe getting a little too caught up in quoting other people rather than going back to the primary sources. So in academia, they always say read the primary sources. Don't read a commentary on it or a commentary on a commentary or listen to what one person said about something or other or other, always go back to the root. And in that sense, uh, the Protestant reformers were really quite radical. And radical, radis, meaning root, they were trying to go back to the root. Again, good and well-intentioned. But some minuses of all of this is that it's not intellectually honest because you really can't go back to the Bible alone. You just can't because one, it's probably translated. So unless you're reading the primary languages, you're already a step degree away from the original, original primary sources. Not only that, but the scriptures themselves, at least in the New Testament, they're not even primary sources. They themselves are secondary sources because they're quoting and making references to apostles and people who follow Jesus and the following movements of Brother Paul and Timothy and the rest. It's just the New Testament itself is not quite a primary source. And in fact, there's a Presbyterian theologian from Scotland Uh, Thomas Torrance, who I've mentioned multiple times, who says that the original real text that a Christian should be paying attention to is the body and blood of Jesus, uh, crucified, buried, and resurrected, and ascended. That is the primary text. And then we have the words about that primary text. And then we have the written words based off of the apostles' words. So when you start getting into it, you realize, oh, wait a second. What is the real scripture of a Christian? Oh, it's, it's the body and blood of this Jewish itinerant traveling rabbi named Jesus. Like, okay, so now everything we've got to maybe pause. But a second potential minuses 
minus to Sola Scriptura is that even if you were to go back and try to read the New Testament, you're left with some issues. And I already referenced it somewhat. You don't have any tools to interpret because maybe you don't know Greek or Hebrew, and that's okay. That's not a problem, but you don't have the tools maybe necessarily. And so how do you go back to the primary sources? How do you do sola scriptura? And how do you understand it? Because we know nowadays that everyone brings their own life experiences to text. And so really your interpretation of a text is a merging or a synthesis or a swirl somehow of how you experience the text. Because you can't necessarily figure out the originally intended uh, purpose for writing the text from the original author. And so there's this time gap between the original authors and you. So how do you bridge that gap? Well, you have to listen to what other people who maybe have done more study than you have to say about it. And then uh, I think a final minus to sola scriptura is that to me it, it can seem kind of dismissive. And there's a part of me that wonders if it's not a little bit arrogant to think that you alone can interpret these scriptures without bias as if to say that you can just shuck off what 2,000 years of professional thinkers and writers about these texts have said. You see what I mean? It sounds a little, uh, it just seems arrogant to me. But here it is. And this, I, that's a bit of the background. This has now brought me up to the crux, the main issue, I think, for me. I think life is just way too complex. It can't be distilled down into one simple book that's really a library of books. But Sola Scriptura, or Bible alone, I don't think it's enough to sustain a vibrant faith. You see, right now in Western civilization, there's, quote unquote, a lot of people that have left the church or are leaving it. And there's a part of me that wonders if that's just because Bible alone has backfired. Yeah, uh uh-huh, yep. And that might be why this maybe is going to get me in trouble for whoever listens to this. But Bible alone may not be uh, sufficient to maintain faith. And it's, it's also somewhat so defensive as if the world is all evil and attacking, that it ends up being rather offensive to anything else that isn't the Bible. And I even have to say that there are some people that are rather hardcore Protestants who are so much about Bible alone, but then they end up quoting figures like John Piper or Francis Chan or other figures, almost more than the Bible. So it's almost as though in word they say that they're Bible alone, but in effect or in action, 
they still have their own tradition that they're quoting, their own authority sources outside of the Bible that they use as a lens through which to understand the Bible. You see, it's not even possible to really do Bible alone because you're standing on the shoulders of people that came before you who have told you to do, quote-unquote, Bible alone. Which, as I've mentioned before, isn't even itself a primary text. Only the person of Jesus is the primary text of a Christian. Oh man, again, I can potentially see this being interpreted poorly and somebody giving me an angry email, but maybe it resonates with you too. So here we go. I, I think I've mentioned this before, but Kierkegaard, Soren Kierkegaard, Danish philosopher, has a quote that says, the word became flesh, that uh, Jesus, the divine logos, the, the divine logic of everything became human, right? And Kierkegaard says, the word became flesh, and ever since then, we've tried to make him back into words again. Oh, as if to undo the incarnation. And so, (sighs) Bible alone, I don't know, it seems kind of troublesome to me. Because it seems to be putting an emphasis on words rather than the the entity or being who is the word become flesh. You see, we really shouldn't be focusing on words. We should be focusing on the word that became flesh. Ooh, that's a good thought. And so maybe Bible alone is somewhat dismissive of the real text of a Christian, which is, as I said, the incarnate God in the body of Jesus. Ooh. Next point. Is that we are, we're just too tactile, right? I mean, we are all emotional walking paradoxes that... We don't just take in information at all times, even though I'm a voracious reader and student at all times, but we're, we're this humble mix of flesh and bone and blood and guts and sweat and olfactory senses and eyeballs and ears and we have fingers that can feel senses and taste buds and smells and Everything, right? We are just too dynamic of creatures to get everything that we need just from information. We need physical experiences. We need more than that. And that brings me to my next point. Is that to hold to Bible alone, it's just not enough, I think, to maintain faith for an entire lifetime. Life is too dynamic. We are too confusing. We have this whole lifelong experience that could be too much for us at certain times. And so we maybe need tradition. Not conventions, but maybe we need tradition. Maybe we need to have a larger body of texts 
to reference and to wrestle with and to give questions toward. I mean, some famous people are, are such as Thomas Aquinas, Anselm, Bonaventure, Hildegard of Bingham, St. Francis of Assisi, Claire of Assisi, Teresa of, of Avila, Brother Lawrence, St. John of the Cross, Augustine, Gregory of Nyssa, Gregory of Nazianzus, Basil of Caesarea. So, I mean, we have so many extra texts and people and wisdom to draw from that we legitimately maybe cut ourselves off from very good streams when we say Bible alone. You see what I mean? But we also need reason. We need to talk things out. We can't just flatly quote the Bible at all times. We need to use sound reason. Ask, okay, how do we understand this in light of modern science? We know that the earth isn't built up on pillars, even though it says that in the Psalms. We know that the core of the earth is full of magma. We know that up is a different direction for people on the other side of the earth. So what does it mean to say that heaven is up? Because my up is different from someone else's up, not to mention earth is spinning at thousands of miles per hour per second through the universe while orbiting around a sun, which is in the Milky Galaxy. You see, Bible alone may not be enough to answer all the complexities of life. Now, it might be for some, but it looks as though it isn't for many, many people. We need experience, experiences. We need to experience sometimes the sting of our own sins. We need to experience uh, goodness, beauty, truth, love, poetry, movies. We need... (laughs) Maybe we need nutrition and counseling and mentoring and ethics and philosophy classes. Maybe we need to experience community and humility and redemptive suffering. Maybe all of those things are necessary to engage with in order to maintain a vibrant faith our entire lives. And so let let this episode perhaps... mm, Let this affirm your whole life as full of scriptures, quote-unquote scriptures, that need to be experienced and interpreted and made commentary on, you know? Maybe we should not just read the book of scripture, but read the book of our own lives as scripture, as everything having the potential to point us back towards the divine. And isn't that something of what it means that God became incarnate? That the divine is experienced not primarily through a book, but the divine is experienced primarily through life? You see what I mean? Like, oh my goodness. This changes everything. But I don't want to just throw out Bible alone because I am in the Protestant tradition, which means we like to say Reformed, 
and always reforming. We understand we understand ourselves as reformed Catholics. Uh huh. But not only that, but that we see a need to continue to reform and reshape things as we think is best for our generation versus what was happening back in the 1600s. So here we go. I would just like to make one small reformation. Not just... uh, We shouldn't just throw out Sola Scriptura, but maybe change it. And I'm not sure if this is the proper Latin. What if we instead said Prima Scriptura? Bible first, not Bible alone. Because Bible first, then, can at least admit that we all need secondary sources to refer to, to experience, to question, to interpret, to make commentary on ourselves? I mean, what does it look like to go through a massive disappointment in our own lives and to look at that experience and say, okay, I'm going to interpret this massive disappointment as scripture to me. I'm going to dwell on it. I'm going to question it. I'm going to ask some people to help me interpret it. And then I'm going to give commentary and meaning to it that can be understood in the whole scope of my entire life. And yes, I will reference the Bible, but I will recognize that the Bible is just trying to point me towards he who is the word made flesh. So all of a sudden, to say prima scriptura has got this whole element, at least for me personally, of affirming everything else in moderation. Because, of course, our own experiences can be tainted or taken too far, and so might tradition. So might, well, tradition, when it becomes calcified, I guess can become mm, too rigid, And then we might also have to recognize that conventions come along and tell us how to do things, but they maybe shouldn't be eternal conventions that we keep forever. So I don't know what you thought of this one. This one was going to be a shot in the dark because I knew I was going to be riffing kind of on the spot with a very basic outline. Yet... Maybe this one resonated for you since it was about, is Bible alone too far? Maybe it's better to say, let's have maybe scripture first and recognize that everything else can be a very, 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 very close second. Because as I said before, life is just too dynamic. Sometimes we need a really good song to unlock us. Sometimes we need a really good poem or movie to stir us. Maybe every so often we need to go have a party at a trampoline park that can help remind us how to have joy in the midst of hardship. You see, I'm worried of an understanding of Christianity that dismisses and relegates 
the rest of life to being not worth embracing or reflecting on or even just living through. So there you go. I don't know how to close this one, but maybe we can close it like this. Send me an email or find me on Instagram or Twitter or something and let me know what you think of this because it's kind of fun having some feedback and it's fun to hear from some of you. So my handle is, that sounds so corny to say, my handle is at that John Chafee. And I thought about it as the John Chafee at first, but I years ago, I was like, that sounds pretentious. I'll just be that guy. Oh, that John. And uh, if this one resonated with you, let me know because I think I might get a little bit of heat for this because I'm actually critiquing my own tradition with my own tradition as I say this. So thank you for listening. Maybe this was the rantings of a holy fool, but maybe you got something out of it. And I will at least close with this. Treat the whole of your life as scripture to be embraced, questioned, interpreted, made commentary on, and then let your life be something that you experience the divine through, not just sola scriptura. So may grace and peace be with you.